So today is going to be a very interesting episode because I'm going to talk to another professional in language, but in this case, it's in Spanish. And I'm living in Mexico right now, so she also lives in Mexico right now, but not very close to me. And today we're going to talk about what it's like in English and in Spanish to overcome your fears and your trauma in speaking. I think we all have a little bit of that. How to build your confidence then in English as a result of that. And what it's like to have imposter syndrome. And we're going to define that because a lot of people know the word or the term, but they don't quite know what that means. So you're going to join me with Magali, also known as Maggie, who is a Spanish lang lover. And we're going to talk about these things, hopefully to help you in overcoming your trauma in speaking. So I hope you enjoy today's episode. I'm Bianca, your personal American accent coach, and I'm here to help you master an American accent in English because your voice is your choice when it comes to how you sound. I try to release a podcast episode every two weeks, so you should really subscribe to whatever podcast platform you use so that you don't miss the newest episode. And by the way, if you want to see the full video of the episode, it's available at Accent Coach Bianca on YouTube. Now, let's get on with the show. First of all, thank you so much. Should I call you Maggie? Yeah. Okay, great. So Maggie, thank you so much for coming today. Our listeners are really interested in overcoming the trauma of speaking because language, you speak out loud, but it's not always as easy as it sounds. And sometimes we get this block or sometimes we have a bad experience. It stops us from speaking. I know depending on where you grew up, some people have a fear from the beginning, from school, and they have this like horrible fear of speaking because there's trauma there. So we're going to talk about that today. But first, can you introduce yourself? Can you tell people what you do, where you're located, maybe and what you're passionate about? Thank you, Bianca. And thank you for having me. I'm Magali. I'm from Mexico. I live in the state of Mexico. It's near Mexico City and I'm a graphic designer, but I'm also a Spanish language coach. I teach Spanish online and I try to focus on this topic on how to make my students feel more confident about speaking Spanish. I'm working on that, I'm preparing everything to, to know more about how our minds can overcome that issue because myself, I learn languages, so I know how is this. And well, I'm passionate about languages. I like mm -hmm. to learn them. Yeah, I didn't know you had a background in design too. That's interesting to me because in language, I feel like there's a kind of a mathematical scientific kind of part of it, but also there's this artistic expression that comes from language. And since you've been on both sides of this, you're speaking in your second language right now, for example, but you are teaching people to speak Spanish and overcoming the same problems that maybe you've had in the past too. So we have to kind of overcome some of those fears for, based on our experiences in speaking, did anything ever happen to you in English when you spoke in English? Maybe something came out wrong and you were embarrassed or something didn't happen, didn't go well. <laughs> Do you have any stories about things that have happened to you in a second language? Well, I have many experiences, but <laughs> not only in English because I'm an introvert person. Mm. So that actually happened or used to happen a lot more in the past in Spanish too. Mm. So what you did in your own language also reflects on the second language. Also my school background or mm -hmm. the traditional way that here in Mexico it's English taught. It's different because the teachers don't tell you how to learn, how to speak. I learn a lot of vocabulary, we field exercise on books, passing the exam, focusing on grammar only. 
And I remembered an elementary school to help us speak in sort of way. We had these public lessons, an audience, because it was a private school, because I think on the public schools, they, they have this. But with an audience, they apply like an exam, they ask questions, and all the parents are there looking at you. And <laughs> You have to make also contest of spelling bee. It's a lot of pressure. And I remember making expositions, I mm -hmm. presentations yeah. in English, but it's only in the classroom. You don't have to speak English in any other place mm -hmm. until you get to a job interview. Mm -hmm. And it's a mess. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> well, yeah, if you haven't done much public speaking and it's been under pressure and even speaking, like doing a project in your classroom in front of your class, that can be very triggering, can be very trauma inducing because there's a lot of kind of politics and things that go on in the classroom as a student. That's difficult. So if you haven't had a lot of training and then they say, oh yeah, just go do this job interview. You're probably going to be really <laughs> nervous about it and maybe not perform very well. So it makes sense that how it builds up like that. And you've experienced that from both sides. Do you remember any specific instances where that happened? Like a specific project that you had to give a presentation for or a job interview that you went to? Do you have any memories of those specific times? Well, I remember a test in the mm -hmm. school. I had studied a lot for all the vocabulary list words mm -hmm. and I studied like all night and in the test they asked me the only word that I didn't remember. Oh no! <laughs> so, yeah, of course. So it was awful because uh -huh. my mind was like, oh my god, why that uh -huh. word? Uh -huh. And obviously I failed, mm -hmm. I started crying mm -hmm. in front of everyone. Yeah, Horrible. very traumatic. Yeah. yeah. And you remember that now even, like you, you, you said, yeah. oh yeah, I have this story. Of course, that was an awful experience there. So much pressure is put on students or people in general to know all of the things. And then of course, it's the one thing that you maybe didn't remember that happened to. So you've got this memory in your mind and that clearly affected you. And you had a fear, probably moving forward, let's say at the next test, or even until now, you remember yeah. it, it's a traumatic experience. And how do we overcome that? How would you tell people, for example, me in Spanish, if I had this happen to me in a Spanish mm -hmm. class when I was young, and now I'm living in Mexico, I live in Guadalajara, and to clarify for the people listening, I'm from the state of New York, right? And the state of New York is very big. Everyone thinks that New York City is New York State, but New York City is a city inside of New York State, but I'm not from the city of New York. I'm from farther north, kind of close to Canada, because the state extends okay. all the way to Canada. So to give a parallel for people who don't know, that exists also mm -hmm. in, in Mexico, right? You've got something called the state of Mexico, and then you've got <laughs> Mexico City. And I think, I can't remember, is Mexico City inside the state of Mexico, or is it its own state? It's its own district, right? It's different, yeah. Yeah. Like Washington, D.C. In, in the map, different. yeah, it's uh -huh. so close and like it looks like inside, but now it's different. It's, uh, it's on the outside, yeah. Kind of like how we would think of Washington, D.C., right? It's like its own thing. That makes sense. Yeah, so to uh -huh. clarify. So let's say I never took Spanish when I was in school. I never took any Spanish. So I was completely level zero when I came to Mexico. I took French, but not Spanish. So when I came, I don't have these same traumas of my past. Uh -huh. But still, when I started to speak Spanish here, I have little 
things. I, I get people, they look at me kind of funny or I'll say the wrong thing and the bus doesn't stop and I just keep going all day. I've had things happen with, let's say, arranging a bank account or saying the wrong thing. And so I have these little things that have built up and caused me to give me some, a little bit of traumatic experiences and things that give me a bit of fear. So how do we overcome that in English, in Spanish, in whatever language? What are your thoughts on that? Well, I've always seen it like a puzzle. Uh, there are a lot of pieces that we have to join to speak well, to understand, to do everything in other language. And I try to minimize that enormous problem that we often see uh, speaking a language. It's only another piece of the puzzle. I don't know certain words. I just have to learn that. Mm -hmm. uh, to read a lot or to watch whatever you want to learn to be in contact with the language mm -hmm. so if i don't know right now that word of if i forgot <laughs> certain mm -hmm. phrase it's not that i'm not going to know that forever mm -hmm. i have only to be in contact with that word and make it familiar mm -hmm. so when we have the knowledge we acquire that knowledge then the trust comes have to be more in contact with the language to mm -hmm. feel confident about knowing that mm -hmm. yeah so the confidence is going to let's say battle the fear in a way let me see if i understand and can summarize your points so i have a fear And the fear is because I have a lack of knowledge and I'm afraid that my lack of knowledge maybe will cause a problem, make me feel bad, something like that. And the way we can overcome that fear is with more knowledge, right? More contact with the language that's going to build my confidence. Is that a good summary? Yeah. And mm. that knowledge also comes with practice mm. because how can we know what is that word that mm. we don't know? Yeah. <laughs> only practicing speaking and when we make this mistake, it's the only way that we can know that we have to study. Wow. We have to learn that. Yeah, that's a really good point because a lot of people try so hard to avoid mistakes, right? They're, it's like their goal in life is to avoid mistakes and you're probably going to avoid a lot of mistakes, but you're not going to learn from your mistakes. So I think we need to embrace making mistakes because that shows us where the gaps are in our knowledge. For example, I know there's studies done in English, I don't know about Spanish, but there's studies done in English where you're reading something, or you're reading a blog post or something, and you come across this new word. And you think, oh, I don't know that word, but I get it, right? It's in context. And mm -hmm. how long is it gonna take you to have this new word in your active vocabulary and really just use it with confidence. Studies have showed at least 20 times. You need to encounter a new word at least 20 times and try it out and try to use it and see if it fits. And did you get the preposition right? Is it an irregular verb? Is there a weird collocation with that? We need to get a lot of exposure. We need to try it mm -hmm. out. And we need that feedback of, was this quite right? Did I get it right? a lot of times, many more times than people think. So they're busy trying to avoid yeah. the mistakes when the mistakes are the very things that are going to teach them how to do something much, much better. Do you know what I mean? Do you see that like irony in there to me? It seems very ironic. Yeah. And when there's this big fear, <laughs> it's difficult mm -hmm. to take that step, even knowing that you have to practice, you mm -hmm. have to have this exposure to mm -hmm. the language. But if you have a fear, maybe you, you won't 
Yeah, your brain knows. Your brain says, oh, yeah, I got to practice. Oh, yeah, I got to make mistakes. Your brain <laughs> yeah. says that. But then your heart says, no, you don't. It's fine. You don't have to do that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Let me save you. Your fear is there mm. to help you. And it, thank you very much, fear. Thank you for being there when I need you. But <laughs> we forget that our emotions are so old and so ancient. Mm. They've noticed that public speaking feels the same, feels in your body the same way as facing a lion. So in our minds, we feel like we're facing a lion and that's a huge event. Overcoming that is a big deal and it takes a lot of time and maybe recognizing that like, it still is a big deal, right? We try to minimize it. We say, ah, it's okay, everything will be fine. But our system responds in a really strong way. So this is a big deal. Overcoming fear, overcoming trauma. I think the key that you mentioned is to build confidence, is to maybe face the lion multiple times mm -hmm. and get used to how the lion reacts and learn how to kind of fight the lion, if we're going to use that analogy. So how can we build confidence in English, in Spanish? How does that happen? Well, I'm still wondering that, but <laughs> 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 I was remembering another experience on one job that I mm. had. Here in Mexico, there aren't a lot of people that speak in English, even in our jobs. You can say, I speak English, they make the interview, but actually in their job, maybe you don't have to use For example, in my job, I'm the, not the only one, but maybe I have a little bit more advanced level. And one day someone called and it was an English speaker. Yeah. <laughs> so in all the office told Magali knows how to speak in English. And it was a surprise. Back then I didn't talk English, mm. never. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I was terrified. And <laughs> Who, me? <laughs> you must <laughs> yeah. be thinking of another Magali, not me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it was a surprise. I didn't prepare anything. It was something new and stressful. It was awful because I'm also, like I said before, an introvert. Mm. So I tend to blush and to get this panic mm. <laughs> or anxiety attacks. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so everything looking at me or, and waiting what I'm going to say. So I forgot everything or I don't know what I said in English. Oh, Obviously, it was wrong, but a lot of people was looking. <laughs> were looking at me, so it was mm. really bad too. The thing is that I stayed like that with that fear about speaking, and that changed because when I started to teach Spanish, I thought about teaching English speakers, mm. and I didn't like my pronunciation, so that was a block that mm -hmm. I had, and I found a pronunciation coach on Instagram. Oh, nice. I knew that I had to practice that because I didn't like the way that I sound. In my case, I was aware of mm. my lack of my I want to sound better I needed to feel confident mm. with that so I found a coach I did a few lessons so that helped me a lot and I know I have grammar issues but mm. in my case knowing that pronunciation was the main topic or problem mm -hmm. for me mm -hmm. I know my pronunciation isn't like the best yeah. but it's better than mm -hmm. three or four years before mm. that helped me a lot it's knowledge practice knowledge of that yeah that's very interesting so The knowledge can be a few things, right? The thing in my brain, the information in my brain, it could be I'm missing some information. I'll give you an example since you brought up pronunciation. Maybe the the ah sound like cat, right? And if you don't know that it even exists, of course you're not going to say ah. Or maybe the information that's missing is saying, okay, I know there's a different sound there, but what am I supposed to do with my tongue and my jaw and my lips and things like that? 
maybe that information is missing. So there's already many kinds of information that once I know, I feel more confident. Knowledge gives us power. It gives us bravery maybe to try. Maybe we might not mm -hmm. be right, but we say, oh, here's how I do it. I keep thinking, I don't know why, I keep thinking about this lion thing. And <laughs> let, let's say I'm going to go face a lion mm -hmm. and I'm an ancient gladiator, let's say, and it's, it's me <laughs> or him, it's the me or the lion. And mm -hmm. I, I don't know anything about lions. Knowing something about lions would be helpful to me, right? I would mm -hmm. feel better going in knowing something about lions. Maybe I don't know that they have claws, and you tell me, hey, watch out, they have claws. Wow, I would mm -hmm. feel better. I am not gonna be any better at fighting the lion, but I feel better, I feel <laughs> yeah. braver, and that's important because I can move more quickly. And then you say, here's a sword. And I don't know how to use a sword. I don't mm -hmm. know if you've had this experience, but in Spanish, but in English, cer certainly in your training, you probably learned more about your tongue than you ever yeah, knew before. Muscles. Yeah, and the muscles, exactly. And so that, to me, that's here are the tools to defeat mm -hmm. the problem, which in this case is pronunciation. So if I were facing a lion and you gave me a sword, I'd say, well, I don't know how to use a sword. And you'd say, well, the pointy end is here. The pointy end goes into the lion. I would then have another tool and the knowledge of the tool. So we can build confidence, I think, with tools, with knowledge, with our strategies, things like this. I didn't know you had a pronunciation coach. That's interesting because obviously that's what I do. Mm -hmm. And to me, I've noticed people come to me because they think, oh, nobody understands my words. I'm not communicating. I keep getting these looks of confusion and they come to me with this problem, but really most of the time it's a lack of knowledge and it's a lack of confidence. And like you said, those two things are really linked. So if you don't have confidence, think first maybe, what am I missing? What do I not know? Because the knowledge makes me feel better. So I think that's true in English. I know it's true in Spanish. For example, the other day I was taking an Uber and I, mm -hmm. I never took Spanish in, in school. Mm -hmm. But I had heard or had seen somewhere that I knew that there were two R sounds in Spanish, right? You've got your rolled R and you've got your tap R. And even though I teach pronunciation, I knew that there were two kinds. And I thought mm -hmm. I knew, I had heard that the rolled R was, correct me if I'm wrong, after a vowel? Is after a vowel a, a rolled R? Anyways, my point, probably, yeah. maybe probably, right? So my point <laughs> is I saw no, this okay. somewhere. I thought I knew it. I thought I knew when I was supposed to roll an R. So I'm taking this Uber home and I said a word wrong. And the guy told me that it should have been, I think, a rolled R. And I said, but no, I thought the rule was this. And he said, oh, well, there's that. And there's this, and there's this, and there's this, and there's uh. this other rule of when the R's are supposed to be which R's. And I said, oh, I didn't know that. So this Uber driver was so kind, and he told me these things, which I didn't even ask for. But have you had this problem where you ask people to help you, your friends, and they don't really correct you the way you want them to? You know, they, they, you're like, hey, you're my friend. Help me out here. Tell me when I say something wrong. But they're too nice. They're too polite. They don't know how to correct mm -hmm. you, things like that. And it was amazing. I had this Uber driver mm -hmm. who was able to help me in a way that most other people couldn't and give me that knowledge, which then gave me confidence. Mm -hmm. And it spurred me to look it up and look up all the rules because I thought I knew some of the rules. And that gave me a motivation to do better. And so that's how kind of like I've overcome step-by-step step, little tiny fears. I never had to do public speaking in Spanish and I never had a job interview in Spanish, but everything feels like an interview. <laughs> Every time you speak to somebody new, you know, that same trauma comes back and you say, are they going to understand mm -hmm. anything I say? And so I feel like we've both had it on both sides and we can both help our students 
overcome the fear, the trauma through knowledge, through confidence. And usually people don't say this, but confidence is usually the result of all the other things, of the mm-hmm. practice, of, mm-hmm. of having like positive interactions with people. Most of us did not have positive interactions with a language at school. For most <laughs> of us, it was about grades. Yeah, it's hard. Well, that's why it's better to ask for corrections to a coach, a tutor, or another person that it's also learning languages because sometimes it's the only way that they can understand what you're living. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because in my case, well, I have this community of language learners, mm-hmm. not only for Spanish. For example, my friends now that are on the conversation group, mm-hmm. they also learn other two languages or mm-hmm. at least one. Mm-hmm. So they know and we all correct each other and no one it's offended yep. so it's another environment mm-hmm. because maybe if I try to do it with another friend that speaks Spanish and listen that I have an issue with my pronunciation it's going to be different she's not maybe not going to correct me mm-hmm. or she's going to point out the mistake here in Mexico we mock of people mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know if mm-hmm. you have the opportunity to realize that in Guadalajara <laughs> but we make fun of people not in a bad way more of the time but we make jokes or mm-hmm. we take one person and point that thing mm-hmm. that person did and we repeat and repeat yep, oh yep. the time that you make that mistake or the time that you uh, we do that so in English it happens too but it's more if you don't know English and you have a pronunciation different from natives here in Mexico even if the other person doesn't speak English they're going to tell you you don't speak well and if you speak really well and you speak confidently Mm -hmm. they're going also to point that (laughs) (laughs) because they're going to feel I don't know bath because mm-hmm. they don't know mm-hmm. they don't know how to speak like that they're gonna say ah you speak too well and you want to make us feel bad how can yeah, you win that's... how do you win in that case no matter how you speak it could be seen mm-hmm. like it, oh you make too many mistakes oh you don't make enough mistakes it's a difficult place to be in and it seems like no matter what you do in a second language mm-hmm. you could have problems and usually they come from other people and their insecurities, right? So when people point out the mistakes in a way that's not helpful, then usually it's more about them. It's not about you. So thinking about the intention behind it, is this person pointing out my mistake because they really want me to succeed and they want to help me and they have interesting information for me? Awesome. And I think what you mentioned was important, the the idea of groups and groups being together and everyone has this common goal. Oh, when you point out my mistake, it's because you've been there. Maybe Mm -hmm. you made that mistake, that same mistake last week, and now you're hearing it in me and you want me to get better too. So surprisingly, you would think groups are often an, an opportunity for more of this like, how should we say this backbiting, like this behavior where, oh, I'm going to make other people feel bad. I'm going to point out their mistakes and I'm going to feel superior for it or something like that. But it's usually not. It's the opposite. It's such a supportive environment to work in these groups because everyone's there for the same goal and everyone knows what they need. If you just ask a friend, I've done this before. Hey, can you help me out? Oh, you're a native Spanish speaker. Hey, can you help me? Can you catch my mistakes? Most of them are a little bit shy to help you 
And also they don't know how to help you. They don't know how to correct you. So going in these groups, going with a professional, I think you can get the very specific instruction. For example, we were saying the sound of ah as in cat earlier. Even if somebody wanted to help you and they were a native speaker, they might not know themselves. Oh, you have to open your jaw more. Oh, you have to put your tongue more forward. They just don't know how to help you. So it can be frustrating on both sides with that. I think what you mentioned about groups is really nice because the intention to be helpful and to learn together mm -hmm. is there. And you learn how to correct yourself and how to correct other people because finding the group is surprisingly way more effective, I should say, than I thought it would be because I have groups too. And at first I thought, ooh, how's this gonna go? How do people feel? Are they gonna open up to correction and things like that? And it's been fantastic. I can imagine that your groups are the same too. And have you ever had an instance where you or somebody else, because I think it goes with what you were saying about being knocked down for being too good almost. Have you ever had this imposter syndrome? Can you kind of explain what imposter syndrome is? If you've experienced it before, if you've seen it happen before, let's talk a little bit about that. Well, I only know that like a generalized view <laughs> that when you know something and you think you don't, that you have maybe B level and you think that you're A1. <laughs> mm -hmm. But it's lack of confidence and we are too hard on ourselves in everything the worst judges <laughs> mm -hmm. so if you know something you're going to say I'm doing this because I don't have enough knowledge to speak in English because I'm going to make a lot of mistakes and I don't know how to speak or anything so mm -hmm. in languages it's like if you make one mistake and you think I did everything wrong <laughs> mm -hmm. I, I'm not going to speak again because the other person maybe didn't understand me or you start making a lot of ideas yeah. <laughs> in your mind it creeps, and it creeps in not yeah. real even if you don't want to. Yeah, it's not real. I think a lot of people say the word imposter syndrome, but we don't often define it. We don't say, here's what it is, just in case you were wondering. So let's say, here's what it is. It's when you actually are pretty good, but you don't feel like you are. You feel like a phony. You feel like a fraud. You doubt your own abilities, even though you do okay. Imposter syndrome is when you feel anxious because you don't feel successful even though you can accomplish things. And that's what's keeping you from doing, from performing, from trying. So just to give it a name, to give it a quick definition in that you feel like a fraud, you feel like a phony. Mm -hmm. And so this might happen for several reasons. When you have students in Spanish, what do you think causes them to feel this imposter syndrome? What makes them feel mm -hmm. the imposter syndrome? Yeah, for example, um, was it like how they performed in school? Was it maybe do you think a traumatic event? In your mm -hmm. experience, has anybody kind of told you why they feel like that? Anything that happened? I think it's connected also with confidence and with the critic of other people, maybe mm -hmm. something closest to them, mm -hmm. to us, <laughs> mm -hmm. because even family, members of the family that make a judgment, it's going to stay in your mind and that it's going to make an echo <laughs> mm -hmm. in the future. And maybe you don't remember, maybe you're aware of that, but it can certainly harm a 
person, the beliefs that you have. It doesn't matter if they are true or not, but if you believe them, it's going to affect your performance, your life. And the way that you can overcome that, and it's difficult to understand it, mm -hmm. but you can see the event from another perspective helps a lot because mm -hmm. you need to know that the other person, as you said, has their own insecurities mm -hmm. and it's going to reflect them on you most of the time. And everything that other people say to you, it doesn't have to do anything with you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's everything about their education, their background, their problems and a way of thinking. Mm -hmm. So everything that someone can say to you 99% of the time <laughs> doesn't have anything to do with you. <laughs> and even it can hurt you, it's part of learning. If you can separate this feeling of it's not telling that to you, it's mm -hmm. something that of their own, you can start thinking other way mm -hmm. and maybe work on that. And in some point you're going to leave that feeling or to make it less harmful. I think that's a good way to put it too. The feeling is there and it's there to kind of protect us. We have this fear because we don't want to get hurt. We don't want to listen to other people. Even if it's not true, even if it's about them, it still gives us pain to hear those things. So we would rather not. So we would like to leave those feelings behind. And the way that we can do that is to remember maybe, hey, that's you. <laughs> Why are you even bringing this up? It's probably an issue that you have. Mm -hmm. But maybe we carry that over from our school days, if we learned in school, that everything was about a grade and how our parents felt about our grades and how we felt internally mm -hmm. about that. And other students, because it's a competitive environment. There's a lot of other things going on there that contribute to those often negative feelings. So of course we get kind of triggered anytime somebody says mm -hmm. something, we think it's about us, but it's mostly about them. And so that drags us down. We kind of feel like an imposter, so we don't want to do those things. All of that makes sense. I love what you said though. It doesn't matter if it's true, whether it's true or not, mm -hmm. it, you believe it. And that is super powerful. doesn't matter if what somebody says is true or not. It doesn't matter if it's about them or not. How it makes me feel is the most important mm -hmm. thing. And if that's going to stop me from moving forward, that's a problem. I think overcoming fears, as we said, and trauma in speaking, it's real. It's there. Even if it's not true, it's still real. And we can build our confidence in English, in Spanish, by practice, by positive interactions. It's the result of putting ourselves out there. The more knowledge we have, the more confidence we have in trying. And so the more we try, the more confidence we build. It takes a little while, but we're always triggered. We're always knocked down by what other people tend to say. And usually what they say, it's more about them than us. So I think we can put all of those ideas together in that way. Mm -hmm. Is there anything else that you wanted to add about either overcoming fears or building confidence or feeling like an imposter. Is there anything else that you want to add about those three things? Well, I always say that we all have to do things even with fear. The fear, it's not going anywhere, mm -hmm. <laughs> but you can quiet the voice. The more you practice, it's going to diminish. So it's going to be there. It's not mm -hmm. going to disappear completely, but the more that you practice and you get 
into that experience, it's going to be not that important to you. It's not going to block you because mm -hmm. it's always hard to give the first step. But with that, you have this experience that you already made it once. So you have to make it again. Mm -hmm. And it's the only way I had fear and got nervous for this chat that we're mm -hmm. having. Mm -hmm. And I've been doing it for three years in other languages, but I'm always thinking, well, I'm going to do this and you may Maybe get used to the feeling of getting nervous, but being brave to mm. take that step. Mm -hmm. It's going to help you. And if you see back then that when you didn't did anything on that language or that you didn't have the courage to do it, but if you keep doing it, practice helps a lot. Yeah, that's a really good point. I'm hearing two points. Number one, do it anyways. <laughs> You're afraid. Okay, you're afraid. Everyone's afraid. We're all afraid. Do it anyways. It's not the thing, it's the courage to do it anyways. That's the thing that separates people who are, let's say, successful in whatever their goals are and people who aren't. When you say, oh, this is difficult, I'm going to do it anyways. Oh, this makes me afraid, I'm going to do it anyways. I'm not going to be perfect, but I'm going to do it anyways. Mm -hmm. right? I think that's the thing to remember, just do it anyways. That's number one. Number two, I wanted to point out, I don't know if you've heard this before, But you know how we've got feelings and we've got things that we think about the feelings, right? The words mm -hmm. that I say to myself in my brain, but also I have this physical response. So feelings have this like physiological reaction. And when I'm afraid, I get adrenaline. Adrenaline just pumps through my body. But here's mm -hmm. the thing that I found very helpful for me in not just speaking in other languages, but in other areas of life too, that your body does not know the difference between fear and being excited. So if you say, oh, I'm afraid, if you can reframe that in your mind and you can say, oh, I'm excited. If you can call mm -hmm. it excitement instead, it's the same physiological response, but how I think about it is different. And when I think about it, oh, I'm getting adrenaline, oh, I'm afraid there's a lion. I say, oh, that's so exciting. Look, there's a lion. <laughs> if I can change that thought, my body is going to react the same, but my mind can interpret it differently. Therefore, I can have a pleasant experience and get off from that. For example, if I'm going to an interview, let's say in Spanish, and I'm like, oh, I'm terrified right now. And if I can think, oh, I'm so excited for this interview. If I can just change that one word, my experience is going to be different. Does that make sense how I'm describing that, how that could maybe be helpful for people? Yeah, I think so. Mm -hmm. It's the way we interpret the experiences. Mm -hmm. <laughs> no, it changes all. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. very powerful. As we said, that the feeling is very powerful. Let's not ignore that. Let's say, oh my God, my fear is so helpful to my survival. Thank you, fear. Thank you for making me afraid because your job is to help me. Thank you so much. Now go away. I don't need you right Just now. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks for showing up. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for coming. Now go sit in the corner. <laughs> Then we can, yeah, we can, I think, use that a little bit better. So for me, it's been really exciting to talk to you on both sides, English and Spanish, about this. And what are you doing right now? Right now you're having a sale coming up in September, right? We're recording this in August. And when people are hearing this, it should be September. So you have something exciting for them, right? Well, we're celebrating Spanish language lovers because we're having this new 
team of teachers. So this is the reason why we are offering 50% off our lessons on September only. Also, the trial lessons are for free to start knowing you. It's amazing because before I was the only tutor and mm -hmm. we are expanding the availability and I have an amazing team of teachers with me now. And that's why I'm offering this. Awesome. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And September is the perfect time because maybe you're an adult and you remember in the old days when you were young, oh, September, it's a time for learning. It's a time for getting into to new things. And it's a good time to get started. Then I see now on your Instagram that you have all these other teachers now with you. So that's really exciting because I'm growing my staff as well. And it's really exciting to see, oh yeah, this is doing great. So I want to say congratulations on hiring <laughs> some new tutors. I know that's a big deal. So congratulations. And I found you on Instagram. Can you tell us where to find you? What's your Instagram and what's your website? Of course, it's SpanishLang.Lovers on Instagram and all social media. And my website is SpanishLangLovers.com. Woohoo! So 50% off in yeah. September. This is exciting. Congratulations on all of Thank your you. advancements. This is great. And I'm really excited to talk to you too, because also we live in the same place. So hopefully we'll be able to meet yeah. in person sometime. That would be great. Excellent. So if you want to talk to Maggie about how to build confidence when you're speaking Spanish, how to overcome your fears or traumas in speaking English. That's where you can find her. And I want to say thank you so much for joining me today. I'm really excited and hopefully we'll be able to talk again soon. Thank you, Bianca, for the invitation. I am so excited <laughs> to be here talking to you and thank you very much. Nice. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening today. And remember that we talked about joining a group And one thing that's available to you is joining my Accent Feedback Club. We talked about how powerful it is to be in a group more than we expected. And joining my Accent Feedback Club gives you access to a group of people who have the same goals as you. So we're constantly correcting each other in English. You learn how to correct other people. You learn how to listen to yourself better through listening to other people's mistakes. So one thing you can do is join my Accent Feedback Club. Another thing you can do is join my absolutely free masterclass at the end of every month. So we have that on the last Thursday of every month. It's a Zoom call that we go through one particular topic and in one hour, you're going to master one thing. The Zoom registration link actually changes each month. So sign up for my mailing list because you're going to get the registration link each month and you're going to get bonus materials before and after the masterclass that I only send to my email list subscribers. The email opt-in link is down in the show notes. I'm Bianca, your personal American accent coach, and I want you to know that your voice is your choice. I want to say thanks for listening again today and look at the other options that are available to you. I'll see you in the next episode. Bye for now.